the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, one God. Amen. On this day, we have a beautiful dialogue that is given to us. A dialogue between our Lord and a woman at a well. On these Sundays that follow the mid-feast, uh, some people nickname them the Water Sundays because there's water mentioned over these next three Sundays that are deeply connected with how our Lord heals the soul or the body of the people that he is speaking to. What's unique in this account is that it is, I believe, the longest recorded dialogue that our Lord has with anyone in the Gospels. Every other time we hear our Lord's words, he's teaching, he is preaching, or he has a simple one or two, maybe three back and forths, one lines with the Pharisees or the Sadducees or even his own apostles. But here we have a lengthy passage where our Christ, the Messiah, has come to Samaria to speak with this woman, who by church tradition, we know her name. She isn't just the woman at the well the, who lived in Samaria. We know her as St. Fotini. And she was radically changed. We know how, what happened after the events that we have heard today of her life in the gospel. And so it's worth diving into what is going on in this dialogue that the Lord has with St. Fotini at the well. What I want to bring out is really to focus on that word dialogue. Where does that word come from? And who are the people who are speaking here? And what I want to bring out is that this is the Logos of God, the Word of God incarnate, who has come to a human person, who has her own logi, her own purpose, her own meaning. That's what's meant by this word logos and logi. It's what gives something or someone its purpose, its meaning, its form, and how it is best lived out in the world. So the Logos of God has come to this woman who has her own logi. She has a cause and a meaning. We see this principle, Logos and logi, throughout, without, maybe not, we don't know it in this way, we don't have those words, perhaps these words are new to your ears and to your mind, but we see it lived out all the time in our life. We see it every time a craftsman shapes some new piece of furniture. He has an idea about how it should function, how it should look. And then he goes and he creates that for its, uh, its purpose. Someone had in mind this lectern, and they made it to look like this, so that it could easily have a paper on it. It could stand here. It has a cross that reminds us of what is coming forth from this stand, which is the crucified Lord in word and in preaching. Or we see it with a simple seed planted in the ground that then becomes a mighty tree. Its purpose was to get into that ground, to have the nutrients and pull it from that ground and to become 
this mighty tree that offers shade and shelter to the birds, shade to us on a hot summer day as we're approaching these days. That is the tree or the seed living out its true logi, its meaning, its purpose. It's the craftsman. This is living embodiment of what it is meant to be, this lectern here. So we see it in all areas where something has its meaning, its purpose, and its form, and is used or is fulfilling, in the case of a human being, what it is meant to do. And so all of this stems from our Lord who is the creator. When we call him the Logos of God, we mean that he is the one who has it in his mind, so to speak, that gives all of these things their meaning and purpose. But what is different about human beings, what is different about St. Fotini, we can say, and then as we go on, what we can say about ourselves is that we don't always live up to what our meaning and what our purpose is. And our Lord doesn't desire to leave it there. And that's why he came to Samaria. That's why the Logos of God came to have a dialogue with St. Fotini as he sat at Jacob's well. So what structure and what form can we come up and see in this dialogue? Our Lord comes, and he's the one who prompts the conversation. I sort of laugh every time I begin this, uh, reading this or hearing it again on this Sunday, because I think so often in our life, we kind of just want to go about our business and be left alone. And I wonder if St. Fotini was just like, let me get this job done and get the water down to my house. But our Lord stops her in her routine, and he prompts her to help him. He begins that dialogue with her that disrupts that routine. And there is an initial resistance from St. Fotini. There is a resistance to helping him. There is a resistance to hearing what he has to say. But then there is also an intrigue in how he has prompted her. Because he goes on to tell her that there is living water that will quench every one of her thirst and be a perpetual source for her spiritual sustenance. But she doesn't quite get that that's what he's talking about yet. And so she's intrigued. Because Christ has upped the ante of the ask. And so she begins to go deeper into that dialogue with the Logos. And in this dialogue... He reveals that he knows her inner depths. He knows her private life. And in that private life, as he asks her, call your husband. And then she says, I have no husband. And he says, I know that you have had many. I know the inner life. And this is a call toward repentance, a call of a revelation of the knowledge that he has of her inner life. And from this, she begins to be changed. Her routine is disrupted by the simple beginning of the dialogue. But in this point of the continual engagement, this back and forth, our Lord reveals to her that there can be a different way. Because he has come into her life. And so she is changed by having a different perception, a different knowledge of who is standing in front of her, and so she calls him a prophet. I perceive that you are a prophet, she says. And then Christ reveals his real identity to her. 
And in that moment, where he says that it is the Messiah who is standing before you, that I am he, St. Fultini's Logi, her inner meaning, her inner purpose is transformed. And so she is changed. She is transfigured in her unity with the divine Logos. The word is spread into Fotini's soul by that encounter with Christ. And what does she do? As soon as the disciples come up and sort of disrupt this one-on-one that she is having with our Lord, she drops her water jars and she runs into the town. And what does she say? He has, said, he has told me everything that I have ever done. But we don't hear that. That doesn't happen in the verbal dialogue, the spoken one that we're reading. But we know that in her heart, that's who she knows she is speaking with. That that revelation is one deeper than any word that can be spoken. It's a word that transforms her heart. So that living water that quenches every thirst, and then eventually when he's speaking with the apostles, he talks about having unseen food, which then confuses the apostles, much to the amusement also every year that I hear this for, of myself. I laugh and chuckle a little bit every time I hear, who gave him food? Who, who, where, where, where will this food be? I thought that's what we were going to go do. Um, this is what the apostles, why they left. And in that living water that quenches thirst and in that unseen food, we are fed. We ha- can have that same experience that St. Fotini had we do, when we respond to the Lord and begin to enter into an intimate dialogue with him. Then we too are given the water that quenches every thirst and the food that is unseen. And of course, we know as Orthodox Christians that this water that becomes the font that we are ever sustained from is our, is our baptism. And we know that this unseen food is the very body and blood of our Lord that is given to us in Holy Communion. For our eyes don't necessarily see the spiritual depths that are there, but when we encounter them, our spiritual eyes, our heart, our soul, and our body, they become one with him, and our meaning and our purpose become true no longer scattered, no longer broken like St. Fotini's was. We are made whole and complete in that encounter. So this realization that St. Fotini has of coming into contact with the Messiah, what did it give her? Before she came up from the town of Sikar to the well, perhaps wanting to be left alone, because she came in the middle of the day when no one really fetches water, They want it in the morning when it's cool and the hike up the hill will be easier. So perhaps we can indicate that she did want to be left alone. But, so she was bound in some way by her life, perhaps by the shame of her life in the town. But what she has is the realization of who stands before her and in the dialogue that she has, knowing that this is the Messiah in the end, she is given freedom. She is one who goes and becomes an apostle, if you will, a witness of who the Lord is and spreads that word to her entire town. No longer is she bound by her bodily passions. She is given rather great joy by the revelation of her sins before the Lord. What a paradox often that we come to because 
we think that the revelations of our sins would be more of a burden. But here we see that the revelation of her sins before the Christ doesn't bring more burden. It brings more joy and more freedom. So much joy and freedom to Fotini that she goes and shouts it through the town. He has revealed all that is about me, essentially. And so all she does in this, these two things that she tells the people of Sukkar, her fellow townsmen, Come and see, and that word which we have just heard. I am changed, everyone fully understands by those words. And so the town comes, and they see for themselves. They come, and they begin to experience the Logos, the Messiah, Jesus Christ himself, for themselves. And they, too, begin to get that same freedom and joy that Fotini was given. They are changed. And our Lord says, look how great and white and ripe for the harvest is this town to his apostles as they come up the hill to see him themselves. So a dialogue with the Lord that Fotini has, it reveals to us what is the inner heart of repentance. It's about a relationship. It's about a conversation. It's a dialogue with the one who created the universe. It's our inner meaning, our logi, in dialogue with the Logos himself. And in that, we become, even, we become purified, joyful, and free. That is what, why we spend so much time reading this lengthy gospel today. It is the life of repentance and of confession in the mystery of drinking that living water that is our baptism in that sacrament, the sacrament of confession and the sacrament of baptism that we are given, that our spiritual thirst is satisfied and that we become ready for the harvest as well. So engage with Christ. That's what Fotini did. Even when she was confused, this man probably doesn't make sense. That was probably her first thought. But the Lord nonetheless seeks us out. He asks something of us, we engage with him when we begin that dialogue, and that is where the relationship begins. We may be confused at first, we may not comprehend what's going on, but at some point in that engagement, in that dialogue with the Lord, a revelation occurs. And our life and our desire to change occurs with it. Now we begin to be conformed to him who is the logos of the whole cosmos. Now we human beings can become perfected in that dialogue, just as St. Fotini did. So let us seek, let us understand, let us strive for that today, and let us pray for it. O Lord Almighty, who from the beginning knows all things and provides all things for our salvation, free us and restore us who are fallen in sin and in the grip of death and its fear. Come to us and speak to us, Grant that we too may know, just as St. Fotini came to know you at Jacob's well, as the man who told me everything that I ever did. Help us make our confessions in the revelation of you and to enter more deeply into the life of repentance that enables us to have the evangelistic life that Fotini immediately took up. For you know all things, and when we come to know you, we know ourselves and are granted your great mercy. Amen. Christ is risen.